of course, you have the long history of IWC watches over 150 years. And also we have the look into the future of watches that will come, ideas, innovations. Hello and welcome to our listeners. Today we're going to go deep diving into the past of IWC Schaffhausen. For this purpose, I've invited probably the most knowledgeable person when it comes to the history of the brand, Dr. David Seifer, curator of the IWC's own museum. And I'm curious to learn more about watches that you can't wear on your wrist, their impact on the IWC collection of today, and what's familiar to use today. And, and he has a couple of good stories about IWC. So welcome to this episode of Partners in Time with David Seifer. Hello, David. What's up? Hello, Paul. Um, I'm doing very well. It's a very, very nice first March uh, afternoon here in Schaffhausen. And yeah, I'm pretty happy to talk with you. Where are you? you? It sounds like you're in this little studio in the middle of the office in Schaffhausen, right? Right. This is the famous podcast studio and it's very close to my office, actually. So my desk is some two meters here um, aside. So yeah, not that very much walking distance to come here and have this wonderful chat with you. Have you been uh, like, did you envy the people who sit in there and everybody can see them talking to this weird guy in California? Or, or are you now like, finally, it's my turn to, to go into this cave of uh, podcasting in the middle of the office? To be honest, you know, when you start short before, you say, yes, easy. Uh, it's a podcast. I'm a professional. I do this, you know. But then, you know, then comes a little bit, uh, you get nervous and, um, you know, um, a little bit hands get sweaty, something like that. And uh, yes, some people are passing by. Actually, this podcast studio have some windows and people can have a look on it. And this is, of course, a little pressure for me. But um, yes. They exit, relaxer, then they enter. I would say I'm, I'm trying to to help it. I'm uh, I'm still the same. I'm I'm also before every um, recording. I'm a little bit nervous because also it's English. It's not my my language. So you're you're German, right? To straight up start into it. Yes, I was born in Stuttgart. It was now. 13, 14 years ago, then I moved to Switzerland and uh, started working for IWC here in 2007. Are you wearing an IWC? Yes, of course, I'm wearing an IWC. And, you know, for my profession as being museum's curator, you know, every day you see lovely timepieces, not only in the museum, but also in the corporate archives. Um, today, I don't know why, but I uh, choose, I think it was beginning this week, uh, Portuguese 5001. From the year 2004, I guess. And I really love this watch, you know, here in the office because there is a really, really nice style. You easily can see the time. You have a date, which is also very important. And I mean, for business perspective, it's the best design. So um, this is why I choose the, the black one. Visa. The black one with the black, black. dial yeah. and the black alligator strap. Should I tell you a secret about this watch? Please. Um, I lost it. Oh. I still don't. I had this watch, so so you're putting a knife in the middle of my heart. <laughs> I don't know where it is. And until today, there were times like 10 years ago or something, and I shot the campaign for it. Like those um, sailing pictures mm -hmm. with Chris Knoop. Uh, we, we did a photo shoot in the Mediterranean. And, Mediterranean. Um, and so, like, so I have a strong connection to it. But one day, It was gone. And 
it's a weird feeling <laughs> if I would at least know what happened you know like like if i would at least know somebody stole it some guest at a party i don't know i have no clue and <laughs> it bothers me like i'm i'm getting in german we say schnappatmung so, so where my heart rate is, is spiking the moment i'm seeing this watch because it, it triggers absolutely with me that this is an open quest and one day i hope before i die i will find out <laughs> where this watch and i still believe there's chances but to be fair we moved so there, there's not a lot of boxes that are that are possibly like for the first two or three years. I thought like I'm gonna find it in a golf bag or something, you know, or in a in some sort of location where it's gonna be a a, a very festival moment, like like festive moment where I'm saying like, hey, I found my watch finally, and everybody who looked for it, which is all of my family and all of my friends. <laughs> for like a couple of years now um they're gonna celebrate and we're gonna go to, for dinner but um the longer i'm not finding it the longer i'm <laughs> it's 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 a it's not a nice story right and then uh, someone uh, some thousand kilometers away from you in europe in switzerland tells you the story about this watch i think this is really hurting and i'm absolutely sorry for bringing this up next time Paul, when we <laughs> met i promise to you from the bottom of my heart i will have another watch nice <laughs> it's, IWC, no, it's of a course no 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 i don't want to hurt you i mean because you mentioned an interesting thing um you know the connection that you have with a watch You know, yeah. And what you tell uh, told me and the audience uh, out there right now, I think this is so super important. And um, you know, it's not the watch as such; it's the story that you're telling. And when you say um, it was so fantastic to shoot a campaign, you know, these moments that you share with the watch, and then it's lost. I mean, yeah, this is this is, yeah. People cannot understand if this not happens once to you. And on the other side, I think this is so interesting. You know, this personal touch to a watch the story that could tell the watch. And I hope you will find it. And then maybe for the next generation, uh, your watch will all tell the stories that uh, is experienced with you on your, uh, on your wrist. You're absolutely right. And I hope all of, because I had a couple of people, I'm, I'm, I told the story to friends to look for the watch as well. And a couple of people said like, buy a new one. You know, like it's not so, like you can buy this watch. It's possible to own the watch and then you have it. But I absolutely agree that the personal touch of it and, and this was, for example, the IWC shoot, it was probably 15, 16 years ago or something. That was my first real international advertising job as a photographer. And I was insanely proud of myself that I, I, I it's still the point where I thought I made it sort of, you know, like it's the first time I'm really shooting something relevant as a photographer um and this watch especially like it was at uh what was watches and wonders uh name before SCHH or something exactly was that the name salon international de haute horlogerie if i'm correct right i know supposing that i could speak french but i think it's international uh haute horlogerie yeah. salon something like that yeah yeah and george can was still ceo and and they invited me to present the pictures and they were over Uh, happy with those pictures and they were that happy that the moment before we got on stage we had like a talk about the photo shoot and we showed the pictures and the whole sailing topic and everything he like looked at me and said like hey, you can't go naked on the stage and i'm like well, what do you mean and then he put me 
the watch on my wrist and that was like it was a it was like a crowning sort of you know for myself like as a photographer to be for such a cool brand like IWC to be able to be part of that and that's where <laughs> we maybe come back because your job so you gotta uh, first I want to talk a little bit about your background where you grew up and how you end up over there but to kind of understand what we're talking about what's your job at IWC I'm responsible for the heritage department, so to speak. Um, we are a part of the team product strategy and heritage, um, which was restructured uh, quite recently, but makes absolutely sense because, of course, you have the long history of IWC watches over 150 years. And also we have the look into the future of the um, watches that will come, ideas, innovations, and my colleagues taking care of this product strategy. Now they have teammates who know the background. Uh, also, we can bring them, for example, historical timepieces for inspiration, touch and feel sessions. And I think this is very important. On the other hand, when I say heritage, that includes, of course, the museum. And this is where our guests, our friends of the brand, our uh, customers, and also maybe tourists in Schaffhausen, they can have a look at IWC, where we are, what is our heritage, how the watches looked like, how they developed, what is design. And so you can see it's one thing you work to, let's say, have a look for IWC for the public, like uh, the watches were in the past, but also we play a role in the strategy in the future. And this makes it very, very challenging. And of course, then you have a lot of insights others have not. And this is super, yeah, this is a super cool thing for me. But it is mainly heritage, so the story, the historic part of it, that's where your passion is as well, right? Yeah, I would say, I mean, we're talking about time and how time passes. Of course, when I started, you know, or when I was young, you know, if it was IWC, but watches in general was very, very fascinating for me. And now it's interesting to see that these watches I was really looking for or that, you know, triggered my mind, so to speak, they are now in the museum. So you see, um, this is okay. also kind of a personal uh, development I got, but you are quite right. I mean... For us, the main objective in the museum is to tell the history of IWC, to show the products. But for me, also, the future is super interesting because for the, I would say, the next generation of people who are taking care of the heritage and the museum, it's very important that now we are collecting, curating, let's say, the contemporary timepieces in the collection. So in the future, they are able to make interesting exhibitions, not only in the museum, maybe, but also at platforms boutique worldwide. And so here, this strategic point of view, what could be interesting, because unfortunately, we cannot collect all the watches for our historical collection I yeah. see ever made. But you see, um, so thinking of the future is also very, very important. And is it like, how do you end up in that? Like, what did you study? How did you, you grew up in southern Germany, right? In Stuttgart. So probably some car connection in there. Everybody that kind of works in Stuttgart or, or grows up in Stuttgart has some sort of car connection, right? Exactly. And then there are only two questions. Is it yeah. is it Mercedes or Porsche uh, where you end up? <laughs> um, for me, Which because, one was it? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I lived in, in the east part of Stuttgart, so I was very close to the manufacturing of Mercedes-Benz. Yeah. And yeah. it's funny because, you know, you're asking about, you know, um, the studies. I'm an historian uh, by profession. Yeah. And okay. I would 
rather back then go into you know uh, the history of the late uh, um, ancient uh, antiquity and uh, also middle ages things like that you know um, let's say the transformation from the Roman Empire into um, the first uh, empires in the early middle ages but maybe this was not the best um, decisions you know when it comes to have a job later so somehow <laughs> I ended up in the history of techniques and science and of course what is very close was Mercedes-Benz and they did a lot of research and so when I finished my studies uh, for coincidence I ended up in the corporate archives of Mercedes-Benz and this was very funny and interesting um, also because it was not only that you take care for the history um, that you research but also you have always to take in mind how you can leverage the messages not only to your colleague scientists but also to all the people, you know, to find the right balance in, um, okay. yeah, uh, in, in the research, how to show it. And yeah, for example, um, this was very inspiring for me. And I always had the thought maybe in other branches or other um, companies that could be also something interesting. And for coincidence, when I was thinking, you know, to do, research for a doctoral thesis and I was looking really for a topic that could be interesting. I know exactly it had to be with watches. And then first time when I was looking for archives or companies that could be interesting, yeah, I was in contact with IWC and they said, hey, if you want to do something, um, we help you. But please, if you are in the archives, you can also structure our archives. And this was how I started here. And the same approach like the automotive industry did back in the 1990s, we do, of course, now also means sharing information, help our clients, help our collectors, help the friends of the brands by um, experience the background and heritage of their watches. And I think this is this is a super convenient and, and pleasant uh, story um, yet to take uh, to make because it's not only for the si uh, sake of scientific approach; it's only to please, let's say, the demand and um, yeah, uh, the wishes uh, of people all over the world. Okay, that, that's very, very interesting. How How is the situation now regarding your passion? Because it feels like as a, let's say, 18 to 20, 22-year-old, you were very passionate about Roman Empire and historic things in there. What would, What's your passion right now? Did you turn your passion into a job? Is it Uh, do you still are you, are you still interested in that Roman Empire time or what's uh, like I, I want to find out the personal side of it yeah still still of course I mean I would say not that much like back then um, because it shifted of course a little bit but you know also technology and how technology was uh, developed you know all these processes this is still very interesting and I'm a father of a six, six year old boy so you can imagine for him it's aviation so going to airports you know museums this is what now I would say from from new I discover so the passion or the the questions the kid have now this is also what comes now back to me and yeah and and now I see myself like being for 40 years this is quite nice to see but watches in our family still this is super interesting because my wife is also working for jewelry and watch business and you can imagine I mean it's everything about watches and um, all the time in private life as professional so we can't get out of it <laughs> do, do you even have watches at home or do you you probably have the key to the archive so you can come to work and you probably have good access to the most amount of watches you could possibly wear in a day are you even you're probably not wearing the archive ones right no 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 this would be not okay <laughs> um but um you're quite right i mean if you have the key and you yeah 
you can go there and you see these different models. And as an information, I have to count it up, but in our corporate archives, there are around 900 uh, watches that you can't see in the archive. So this is a, it's a real treasure. And like you said, I mean, um, every day you see something new and some, and, uh, that, that's super pleasant. And of course, sometimes you touch and feel these watches, of course. And when it comes to make an inventory at the end of the year, we, all of these watches, we take care of and count them up and have a close look on it. Of course. <laughs> Do you lose time when you're like, I envision you being in those archives and at one point, if you're like looking through the archives, you kind of lose time, you know, like, like you're, cause it's, uh, you're traveling in time, sort of, at, at least my internal feeling is like that. Um, are you like in there for 30 minutes exactly looking for that one type of watch maybe and, and you need to write down or take it out or do you get distracted in there and lose yourself and all of a sudden it's four hours later and you're like oh, oh I had to I had an appointment I missed or something How how's the physical uh, movement in archives that it, it depends it depends I mean um, if you have time not appointments or other things to do and you really are searching then it becomes this mind uh, yeah I would It's the same like a predator, you know, yeah. or like a hound dog, you know, you, you feel the blood and then, and then you are chasing. And this is sometimes what then gets, um, you lose completely time. If you find something interesting, like uh, a kind of hint that triggers you to go for, for a story, maybe a story you never heard before, then this could happen. But this is then not that you are completely lost in a way. It's really that you are only focused and then you are like an, yeah, like maybe a, a police officer chasing, you know, and, and then you can really really lose time because then you are so focused you need to know you need to know what is happening you are searching oh and sometimes it's super pleasant because then you find something new and if you then can share it with your colleagues and then maybe hey that's a good story and maybe we can bring this in the museum or maybe this is super helpful for a kind of a marketing campaign pr campaign something for our collectors and you know this is then this this really really pleasant um, situation when you found something you know and yeah, yeah it's amazing i mean at the end it's it's a blessing to call this a job that you're and, and i'm thinking a lot about like in my job when i'm creating or, or creating media or, or ideas or whatever it feels even like like time stops you know like like it doesn't matter anymore at one point It's this magic moment where you're so focused <laughs> and it's, it's kind of funny that in your job, you're so focused in a watch surrounding <laughs> that time stops or you're losing time or whatever you say to this kind of feeling, um, is, is a blessing. It's, it's kind of cool to call that a job, right? Yes. And this is why I said, I mean, um, the passion became profession. And, you know, like you said, everyone of us is, is pleased and, and blessed when you have something to do that really catches you up. Because if you do something boring for yourself, four hours of work could be hell. But if you do something you really, really like, then you work 12, 13 hours and, uh, and you know, time flies away. You are so focused. And if you then get the moment, say, yes, I got it. I achieved what I want. Or maybe on other way around, you are super disappointed. But anyway, I mean, this experience you need and This, this, this keeps the blood pressure up. It's very nice. I've been several times to Schaffhausen now and there were a couple of things that, there were especially two watches I, I want to, because you're the one who can probably tell me, but first I want to talk a little bit about pocket watches because as my not very professional, I'm learning about watches, understanding is IWC started the first decades, 
in in IWC pocket watches, right? Is that true Is, or uh, am I getting it wrong? No, no, it's absolutely true. So, of course, we started making our first watches around 1870 and these were primarily pocket watches. So, the first IWC wristwatch that we know was uh, made 18. 1990. And of course, all the companies started with the pocket watch because this was the one and only and wristwatches came later. And, you know, from a collector's perspective and also museum's perspective, it's super interesting that 20 years ago, collecting or yeah, collecting watches was all about pocket watches. And this has completely changed. So also, this is what we now have to take in consideration when it comes to the museum. So maybe change more from pocket watches to wristwatches. You just said 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. I remember when I start, okay. started here, you know, someone was complaining in our museum saying, ah, why you show these wristwatches? IWC is all about pocket watches, you know, the good old days, the glory days. But like I said, I've, I've, this completely changed. If you look, for example, at the beauty of a pocket watch movement and the quality, yeah. I mean, they deserve more respect now, I would say. Does IWC still do pocket watches? I don't know. No, no, no. We stopped. Let me think. I, it was around 2009, 2010 when they were not in the catalog anymore. On request, we produced some pocket watches, but this completely uh, stopped because there was really no demand. Yeah. Okay, crazy. The first ever watch is, I wrote it down, 500, or how, how do you say that, right? 579 Jones Pocket Watch. What's, what's the real name for it? Not out of the mouth of Paul, who doesn't know how to pronounce it right. No, you pronounce it correctly okay. because um, back in those days, the watch, or let's say, had no, had no name like we maybe uh, name the watches today, like Portuguese or Portofino, whatever. And the watch you named that we have in the museum, it's the number 579. And um, this is really one of the eldest ever made here in Schaffhausen. And the story around is also super interesting because it's one of the few watches in the museum that not belonging to IWC. It's a super interesting story, additionally, because it's the watch that was bought in the US. So it tells a lot of how IWC was born, was founded. You know the story, an American young yeah. watchmaker and entrepreneur yeah. came to Schaffhausen with the idea of making watches in an American way of watchmaking, but with the handcraft of the Swiss. And with the business plan, producing watches in back then, in Switzerland, where labor and um, other costs were very low compared to the US, yeah. maybe the slightly is now different. But anyway, <laughs> it's shifted a bit. It's shifted a little bit. Yes, indeed. And um, this watch is so super interesting because now we know the movement was made here in Schaffhausen, then exported to most probably New York, where we have our first office in Manhattan, and then sold to this gentleman, Mr. Jones. Not our founder Jones, but another Jones. And yeah. this watch was kept in the family since then, since, let's say, the early 1870s. And when I first came in contact with this story, I mean, it was super surprising. And how, like, how do you find that watch? Like, do they approach you or, and it's still owned by that family, probably, yes, Jones family, yes, right? Yes, 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 okay. absolutely. And it was Some of these coincidences, you know, you get an email from from our concierge team. They do a fantastic job because, you know, they answer all the questions that our customers or friends have. And I was forwarded this question by um, the owner right now with his brothers. 
for more information. And, you know, at the beginning I was, yes, it's a Jones pocket watch. And I send some standard information that I can share. But then, you know, then comes this kind of, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Look at the number of the movement, <laughs> five, seven, nine. And look at the quality. It's a pattern H. Uh, it's one of the earliest. And, and then, you know, it begins to, you know, to work in my brain what it's all about. And then I asked, can I get contact data and contact the brothers? And it was super amazing because, you know, then, like we said before, the picture got very, very clear and listen to their story, how the watch became in procession and, you know, was transferred from generations to generations. This makes it super, super unique. And um, yeah, taking consideration what this watch saw with the family together, all, you know, I mean, this is, you know, gives you really, really goosebumps. No, it's 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 an amazing story, and to it's it's probably out of warranty, right? By now, but you're taking care. Depends, of it, depends. So. Paul. <laughs> if if, so. if the family would decide to give it to our service teams, of course we would give some guarantee. <laughs> but to be honest, I mean yeah. the conditions were super, so they really took care of the watch all over the all yeah. over the decades and centuries. I was. I'm not sure, but I think this is one of the only watches worldwide where you can, ha or where you have this this really, really um, documentation without any, let's say, pause or let's without any um, misinformation or something. So this makes it so super, super special. It's it's really interesting to to listen to you. Do you see parallels? to today's watches if you see that watch like just in the IWC family like do you still see the design language or do you still see things where you like that reminds you of that watch at the end unfortunately I have to hurt you again yes if I see the Portuguese for example we have this combination since 1939 a pocket watch movement inside a wristwatch and so If you look, if you compare, yes, of course, you see some points that are, let's say, uh, the same and um, remind me to this collection. And the watch is still there, right? Like it's right now and it's up and running. Like it works, correct? It works, but of course, in the museum, we stop the watch. It's not winded up. You know, if it would running, that would be not that good. So we keep it really stopped and in a showcase with perfect conditions so that it still keeps its perfect condition like, oh, we received the watch. Of course, this is what we owe to the owners. And we are super happy that they trust in us and that we can show this watch. Because like I said, the whole story um, is super amazing. It's, yeah, it's it's a kind of a customer relationship uh, like for more than 150 years. It's very interesting to listen to you uh, being passionate about those parts and stories because especially with me, like I'm, we could uh, have long talks about stuff like that because I, I personally think my life is very much orientated into the future. So I don't care too much about the past, <laughs> just to be totally brutally honest over here. And in friendships, relationships as well with uh, jobs or whatever, like I try to change and decide what's good for the future in, in if I'm changing jobs or uh, yeah, uh, topics uh, that I do or, but I'm, I'm pretty consistent with my family. I'm married for 17 years now, but um, everything else I care about the future. Um, and, uh, but still it's very interesting to listen to somebody like you who's really passionate about the past because there's a lot to learn i guess about the future right yes this is and this is why i would say it's not like contradiction if you say i'm interested in the future and this is the same also for my job you know also for my team 
Um, of course, we're taking care for the history, but we have to look really in the future. If it comes to, let's say, new museum, what we can do in the future, um, how we can leverage worldwide, for example, the story of IWC, and but also in the personal life, all the experience you made, they are super important. Maybe you do it again because you had good experience or you will completely do something completely different because you had bad experience. But it's always this relation to what has happened in the past. And I mean, um, I like to quote um, this middle-aged philosopher, we are only twice standing on the shoulders of giants. By the way, also the British pop uh, group Oasis used this picture, but I think it shows it very precise. You know, we are, yeah. we are small, but we're standing on this big mountain of experience and being small but having only some some meter more we can see more and maybe this helps us to decide what the future will be you know and make correct decisions without regret That's, so to speak uh, yeah yeah no no it's it's you're totally right um, um, and i couldn't agree more uh, one other watch i really want to talk to you about is, is the one of sir winston churchill so it is a pocket watch right um can you tell me the story of it you probably uh, know better than me because uh, i saw it somebody talked a little bit about it but i want to find out more about it yes this was also one of these um let's say coincidence i would call it uh, that we have in life background story is in the museum if you come to schaffhausen you will see a watch the winston churchill watch as we call it but this is a re replica and the background was like this that uh, for the 70th birthday of sir winston churchill swiss physicians here from the university of zurich uh, wanted to donate um, something very very special something very very swiss to sir winston churchill and decided for an iwc pocket watches with a special engraving so far so good okay and and this story was always kept here in house and we made kind of a marketing campaign in the in the year 1968 when iwc was celebrating 100 years and having a lot of success with this story i think it was in the end of the 1970s we made a replica watch for the museum so far so good and everybody of us me as a young chap and my colleagues we know the story but we never knew where is the uh, original watch and for coincidence yeah. i got yeah. a letter from the collector who owns the watch now and and this was really like um yeah made me fall in, in consciousness because you know you wait to solve a secret for more than 50, 60, 70 years, and then you got the answer immediately. And we were super, super happy um, that at the end of the day, we got the chance that we are allowed to show the watch um, now in London, where okay. maybe where it's the best place to first show this uh, historical timepiece with this background story. And uh, what we also hope that maybe um, we can show it also here in Schaffhausen. Because like I said, I mean, it's not only the watch, but it's also the story. And Imagine if we can ask the watch what has happened, you know, in these times when very, very important political decisions were made, you know, if it could talk to us, that would be super, super interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Which kind of timings it did not hit, maybe, <laughs> because nobody replied until 4 p.m. or something. <laughs> there, there must be insane stories about it. How do, how do you make sure it's really that watch like because well, you said you you did get a letter and it answered all the questions but but do you still have to are you proving like how how do you make sure it's not somebody who just pretends of course the first step that we make also for example if you would ask for a um, certificate of authentication is we check our ledger so we have the records of all IWC movements made and also the cases 
okay, I have to be precise, since 1885, because Mr. Jones, our founder, was not maybe the best in archiving. So here we lost, unfortunately. The I can records. relate to that, unfortunately. <laughs> I can very much relate to him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we have to talk. We have to talk because you have in uh, what you achieved in your life. I mean, you you have to have an archive. So um, next time we will talk about that. But like I said, I mean, then we check the records, and then what is very very important that uh, uh, the numbers of the movement are matching. You know, so um, it's like with a car. You know, um, the chassis and the number of the motor must fit together, and then it's authentic. So this is always the first thing that we check. And the interesting thing is when you look at the number of the case of this particular watch, you see that there is the engraving described. So in this case book, it's not only here case number and sales it, but also the conditions like uh, precious metal, things like that, but also with this engraving WSC, so Winston Spencer Churchill. And this is one of the, yeah, really, really first and important evidences. And then when you look how the process was done, then you can be 100% sure that it is all authentic. It's it's really amazing to listen to you and, and knowing all these things. I have one more question. Like the, is it, because normally it, it feels like you know a lot about Schaffhausen and the secret rooms. Can you tell me a secret nobody knows about? Like one story about IWC that uh, nobody really knows. Uh, uh, small, it's between you and me, you know? <laughs> I have to think. Maybe there are some because you know sometimes it's like this. You find something, uh, you don't give it too much attention, and then somebody says like you, "Wow!" But but I never know about that. Give me a hint, please. In which direction did you go? Please come on. No, I've, I don't have hints. I've, I'm, I don't. Should know we those. talk about Portuguese watches? No, no, no. Not again, David. No, no, no. Don't stop it, please. Can I send you the number of of it, uh, and you can you can you're probably the best person to find out uh, if somebody. Maybe it's in your archives. Maybe it came back. Yeah, this is. <laughs> I'm at the point where I'm frustrated and I don't really know. I have no clue. Yeah, and this is what we do not want. So um, this is an important thing and really uh, to be serious. This is, of course, what we can do. And uh, for example, um, this is also what we have really to take in consideration when checking the numbers. If maybe the watch was stolen or something like this, what has happened? So um, if you let me know the number, maybe we can find something out. Because sometimes, you know, your life is all about coincidences. Maybe it pops out again. And this is what we really, really hope. And I promise you, when we have your watch, then we will start again talking about Portuguese watches. That's that's a deal. <laughs> we have a deal over there. I could talk forever to you, but but we kind of got to sum it up. And I always ask one question at the end of uh, each podcast episode over here, which is um, if you have like an extra hour or an extra week in a month or you have some extra time left, what would you use it for? Ha, reading, to be honest, and reading. playing piano. This is the really, really the things in my personal life that I'm really, really miss missing. Yeah, this is a secret about me and about some of my colleagues. We used to have, uh, uh, you know, with some guys of IWC, a band, we played some, you know, uh, music, 70s, psychedelic rock, things like that. And this is really, really what... Who yeah. else is in that band? Uh, well, Christian Knob? 
No, but one of his team members, <laughs> one of his team members, uh, uh, oh, okay. plays fantastic guitar. So also one guy who is teaching young students, uh, drummer and, but we have super good musicians. We have one, also one super guitarist who is working for the final inspection, a young guy, um, who plays super the guitar. So maybe, well, it's interesting. And then we come back to, um, the old Greeks, you know, and the theory of perfection, yeah. music, harmonies and watchmaking. Um, so yes, a lot of our um, teammates here are playing music and I can only personally speak for me. I really, really miss it. And if I would have additional time, let's go um, and jam. <laughs> Maybe you can borrow the podcast studio. It's not big enough. Like how many people are playing in that band? Five, four? Ah, no, no, that's okay. That's okay. I mean, <laughs> we would rock it, of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nobody here listens to it outside because it's soundproof. So uh, feel free. You have the key. You have the key to every room probably in, in Schaffhausen. So that's totally fine. We have to practice and then we can share some music with you. It's yeah. <laughs> amazing. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for, Thanks for telling me. me all all about those archive things. And next time I'm in, Schaff I'm in Schaffhausen, I, I want to uh, lose everything around myself and go in those archives. Are you going to take me? And if you're not Paul, how can you like, the museum is open, right? Right Absolutely. now in So um, people who are interested in IWC, they can come and visit, correct? Exactly. We are open Tuesday to Saturday um, from nine till uh, five o'clock. Saturday, it's uh, from 10 to three o'clock. And yeah, it's open for the public. And of course, please feel free, join in and maybe forget a little bit about time. Just dive in time, dive into the world of timekeepers. Uh, we are always welcome you. Perfect. Thanks for being my partner in time today. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. 